0: Better on Draft podcast is recorded live in Detroit Sound Studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. Now, pop that 40 and kick back with your hosts,
1: Sam, Nick, Ken, Rob, and Matt.
2: And we are live, episode number 90 of the Better on Draft Ooh, podcast. 90. Nine zero. We're almost at 100. Wow. We're almost at 100. I'm excited for next week because next week would be the Sergei Fedorov episode. Yes, that is right.
0: I'm trying to think of, of any uh, notable number 90s, and I'm, I'm just, as usual, drawing a blank.
2: Yeah, we're, we're not really, as much as we're huge sports fans, we're not the Matt Bush style sports exactly.
0: fan. Exactly. You know, getting all the mascots and no, knowing all the jersey numbers.
1: Wasn't N- N- Adamakin Sue? Adamakin Sue was
2: number ninety.
0: There was you go. Number ninety. Go Sue. Not a Lions
2: fan, so I, I
0: wouldn't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's a Steelers fan somehow. Over there, it's, it's
0: somehow my. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, as episode ninety is live, uh, you you can kind of tell it's very quiet in here. There's not <laughs> too much other people. Uh, We're very short-staffed. Uh, as Angela is up north, Matt Bush is at a bachelor party. Nick is at the DCFC game. So, Rob, you're stuck with me. How you doing? Hey,
0: doing all right. What are you drinking over there? I am double fisting right now, and and as I'm looking it up right now, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steeler because uh, new draftee, the rookie T.J. Watt, is going with jersey number 90. (laughs) That's all you, bro. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, So I'm double fisting. I've got uh, Sellerman's Coffee Cider. Thank you for that. And Jake's Vanilla Bean Porter from Paw Paw Brewing. So first try for these guys. I was just walking into Westmore and I saw it sit on the shelf. Just said, hey, that looks kind of cool. So I figured I'd just go ahead and grab it. Yeah, I, I've, I've
2: never seen a bottle of Paw before. I've always seen it in the uh, thank, thank you as uh, one of my guests <laughs> is modeling it Vanna White style. <laughs> He's one of Bob Barker's beauties. <laughs> uh, I've never seen it in a bottle before. So I've always seen it on draft. I've always yeah. seen them at the beer festivals, but I've mm-hmm. never seen them in a bottle. So it'll be interesting to yeah. definitely try. Do you
0: like it? It's all right. I mean I, I know and and people always say bad things about Atwater, but I think Atwater's vanilla, vanilla Java, Java. Port is is better.
2: That on Nitro, as well as decadent on Nitro, are two oh, of my favorite Lord, beers Decadence. that I've ever had.
0: I haven't had that in a while too, and I I need to get back to getting a couple, getting a, like a six pack of that.
2: Yeah, decadent on Nitro is probably one of my favorites out there because they usually always have it on. It's either that or vanilla Java porter on Nitro mm-hmm. at the the downtown yeah. uh, brewery. Have you been to the the downtown brewery with the new patio? I haven't been there yet. No, they, they have the new rooftop patio. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous place. The whole place is brand. New almost like not brand new, but it's got that brand new feel because they did a lot of remodel, they did. Uh, I want to say about a year ago they did their entire food like they did it over huge mm-hmm. turnover brought in a brand new executive chef yeah um, great point of sale system <laughs> of course uh, which is why I know all of these things um, but yeah it's really really nice over there yeah. right? and I, I'm glad to see it and they got one of their one of their uh, their bar managers which really sells the entire thing and that's Chris over there Chris does mm-hmm. a great job
3: that's my guy shout out to Chris oh, sorry
0: that's yeah, all right
2: that's that's he does such a good job over there with everything. And uh, managing everything, that your yeah. expectations when you go there are pretty high in regards yeah. to a quality of service.
0: Yeah, I got. I mean, and I got to try um, because I was. I was. I'm hosting three nights a week now, and I'm at uh, World of Beer in Woodhaven, and they had. Um, they had Atwater's Hazelnut uh, Vanilla Java Porter. I never had tap, that, and I have to say that was pretty. That was pretty good. I was. I was surprised by that. I'll have to uh, definitely look at.
2: Do they do Growlers down there at Woodhaven? Um, at World of I Beer?
0: haven't seen. I, I, that's the thing. I haven't asked. But I, I wouldn't I be surprised
2: know. if they don't simply because the amount of beer that they have to turn over to where, you know, before right. a lot of these beers get bad, I would expect that they'd want to, at least for their standard bearings beers, get rid of them as fast right. as possible to turn it over.
0: Yeah, cause they have so much on tap.
2: Yeah, so I'm famous. drinking uh, from, uh, I believe it's called the K-Town Brown Ale. It's from a brewery out in Kenosha, the Public Craft Brewing Company. Hmm. Uh, pretty good solid brown got it the last time i was in uh, uh wisconsin brought it back we'll be uh talking about bringing back beer over uh, state borders definitely today <laughs> yes i think we've been a, a few weeks we've been trying to get to it but. well
0: I'm, and i mean a lot of that stuff's been updated so, so there's, there's a bit more I, I did a little bit more research on it and um there has been some some new happenings with said issue so we'll, we'll definitely get to talk about that
2: So we do have two guests in studio today. First, from the upcoming opening soon,
1: Brewery Shipwreck out in St. Clair's Shores. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm John Demers, uh, one of the owners. I have a partner. His name is Tony Balestri. And uh, the two of us have been lifelong friends, and this is our first venture into this. Are you a brewer? Yes, I am.
2: Did you brew at any other breweries before, or were you a home brewer? Just a home brewer. Just a home brewer? How long have you been home
1: brewing for? About uh, 13 years? 13 years. What was your first batch that you ever made? first batch I ever made was an American Pale Ale.
2: American Pale Ale. Yeah. Was it good? Real simple. Yeah, it was excellent. Was it a, a kit, or did you try to make it yourself? No, we,
1: we actually uh, okay. did the, uh, the whole recipe thing and, and started out from... Old oh, grade. wow. So is that going to be one of your beers that you're going to be
2: introducing it is. to
1: uh, mm-hmm. Shipwreck? It, it will be our signature beer. Your signature beer. What's it called? Uh, it's called Lost
2: Rudder. Lost, Lost Rudder. And so I'm well, seeing like a lot of nautical theme. Well, <laughs> <it's>
1: for, for, <laughs> for, for, there's really the a story rag. that goes behind that. What's that? Um, <clears throat> there. Uh, I'm a lifelong sailor. I've been sailing for about uh, uh, 40 years now, and I've done 23 Mackinac races. Oh, wow. And uh, this, past, uh, this past 2016 Mackinac race... Uh, we were about 27 miles north of uh, Port Austin, so if you're familiar with the shape, it's, yep. you're just north of the thumb, and we're out in the middle of Saginaw Bay. You can see the uh, lights of East Towis and Oscoda off our port bow. We're sitting in second place, closing in first place. It's about one, 1 o'clock in the morning, and we had done a watch change at midnight, and I'm down in my bunk, and I'm just starting to doze off, and I hear a clunk, then another clunk, and by that... Second clunk, my feet are already on the sole of the uh, cabin floor, and I'm racing up to the cockpit, and it's my boat. My nephew's at the helm, and before I could ask him what that was, the whole boat shook, and it was a loud bang. Oh, no. And we're doing about nine knots, downwind, full spinnaker, full mainsail, and uh, he goes, I don't know. I can't tell you exactly what he said because we're, we're broadcasting here. But, oh, uh, no, that's you can. It. <laughs> you can. Believe me, you
0: can. There's, there's, there's no well, regulations. It was, was
1: uh, what the fuck was that? There you and, go. And, uh, so bottom
0: line. A little line, more oomph on that one. That's right.
1: And so uh, um, I just checked the rig. So he looks up the rig, and with the flashlight, <clears> everything's intact, and everybody's tethered in in the crew that's on deck. And so I grab a flashlight, and I'm going to go down and check the aft cabin, make sure everything's watertight. And then all of a sudden I hear another, oh my God, you know, what the fuck? I have no helm. So I peel off under full spinnaker. The boat wants to, naturally the wind will make the boat round up. So now you're perpendicular to the wind and you take a knockdown. So that means going over. And uh, so I get up down to the deck and I cut the spinnaker loose, let it fly like a flag. And when everything settled down, went back and looked over the back of the boat, the stern, and here was our rudder hanging there just by a thread. We had hit a deadhead, a floating log that was at water surface, and it just sheared the rudder right off. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So, make a long story short, we deploy an emergency rudder, fire up the engine, call the Coast Guard, tell them we're dropping out of the race, we're retiring, and the Coast Guard says, okay, everybody's safe, we're a crew of six people on the boat, and everybody's fine. Um, we're making our way back to Port Austin. they under power. We're doing about three and a half knots against the wind and the waves. And uh, about 15 minutes later, Coast Guard hails me back on the radio and says, we just wanted to let you know that your current position, you're smack dab in the downbound shipping lane. And there's a freighter 10 miles north of you. Oh, no. And they're downbound. So I told him, I said, well, we're getting out of the way as quick as we can. Uh, he goes, don't worry about it. We've already radioed them, told them that uh, you're in distress. They're slowing down. They're going to remain on station until we can get there. We tied up to the Coast Guard vessel 45 minutes later. They brought us breakfast and coffee and gave us a tour of the ship. And uh, <laughs> the next morning at 6 o'clock, a tow vessel came out and towed us back into Port Austin. Oh, oh my gosh. So wow. because of that, we have a story to tell, and we got a beer to go along with it. <laughs> so,
2: so the name shipwreck comes from your 2016.
1: Well, shipwreck, no shipwreck is really just based upon you know my love for the water. Uh, my last name, the French translation of Demers, is of the water. Okay. So, uh, being you know growing up in Saint Clair Shores on the lake, uh, always being a sailor and a boater, um, we felt that it was a good tie-in to it. Plus, we're on the nautical mile. Uh, We're between 9 and 10 mile road. We're directly across from Jefferson Beach. The building that we are currently in um, used to be an old roadhouse back in the days when Jefferson Beach wasn't a marina. It was an amusement park. And they never even advertised in the Detroit News or the Free Press with an address. They just said, across from the amusement park, Jefferson Beach. So (laughs) it's it's got a lot of history to it. Wow, that's,
2: I, I didn't understand half the nautical words that you used. Um, <laughs> don't worry. That's why we're recording it. Dude. Not going Now we can Google everything. Right. Once we get tra- to- like a Google tra- – is there, is there a Google translate for nautical? and I, I, nautical I, don't, I don't think so. It's, it's funny I, you I, say I, I, understood, I understood most of it. The hand motions helped. Yes. Um, so obviously the people listening might not be able they to follow. See. But uh, nonetheless, they can probably see and hear the story from you if they uh, show up. Uh, you're on opening within the next two weeks right. is
1: the uh, the goal. Um, what other beers are going to be on the? We'll, we'll have uh, on tap. We'll have six core brews. Okay, um, there are naturally again too. One of the, one of the whole themes behind this is a nautical theme. It's paying honor to, you know, the sailors, the mariners that sailed the Great Lakes for years. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, a lot of people aren't familiar with the nautical history or maritime and shipping history of the Great Lakes. Uh, we actually lead the world in shipwrecks. Within our waters, and so we want to pay honor to those that sailed and, and you know perished out on the uh, the lakes themselves.
2: Will you be playing Gordon Lightfoot like, no, over no, and no, over no. again? Because no. I think that's no. everyone's knowledge of the Great Lakes shipwrecks is Gordon well, Lightfoot. Well, I mean,
1: they
0: can't name a beer, Edmund Fitzgerald. No, they cannot. Great Lakes, <laughs> Great Lakes already, Great lakes already, already has, it. has it
1: exactly. Uh, no, but there there are. In fact, I can tell you a little history. Uh, on three separate days, all in November. Uh, back in 1913, it's the, known as the greatest loss of life on the Great Lakes. 273 sailors lost their lives over a three-day period. November 9th, 10th, and 11th on the Great Lakes. Um, there were 27 ships that went down. And because of that, you know, it, a lot of people don't know about the storm in 1913. It was a it, very similar to a storm that the Edmund Fitzgerald sank in. It was a November gale.
2: I didn't know the Edmund Fitzgerald. I just know that there's a song by like Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like mo- most of my most of my knowledge is either Gordon Lightfoot or um, those uh, those tours that they have in like Mackinac yep. or um, where they have the, the glass bottom so you can see the shipwrecks under it. And there, there's a lot of times where there's a lot of photos when like the, the water is so clear and so straight that you can get good aerial photos Absolutely. and it looks right down and sees everything. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm glad your, your 2016 is sad as, you know, going into first place or trying to get into first place <laughs> and you, you lose your rudder. Um, have you ever – what was your best time or best place in regards to it? Because you said you've been doing it for 20-some-odd years.
1: Yeah. You know, with the race uh, and with Mackinac, you know, whether it's the Chicago to Mackinac or the Port Huron to Mackinac, um, the best place that I ever finished in was in second. Okay. Um, I've had some real close opportunities. Uh, the thing is, is that with that race, you know, it's, it's um, probably 90% luck, 10% skill. Uh, it's where you're at getting lifts. You can be two miles away from a boat and see them, you know, to your port or your starboard side, and they're moving and you're not. They, they found a shaft of wind, and that's the way the air moves on Lake Huron or Lake Michigan. It moves in shafts. Um, you can play the thermal sometimes that's you know like a, a hang glider would. Um, the heat that comes off the land late in the day will create wind. and if you're lucky enough to catch that, you can ride that out as long as it lasts. So again, it's it's all luck.
2: I can, I can listen to you talk about stuff I don't understand, but it's when you're when you're so passionate. it was the same thing when we had in schoolcraft on here. Like I, when, the, the one I wasn't here. The on. you know, one you weren't here. Exactly. You know, we we had a a biochemist teaching us the biochemistry of beer, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. But when you're so <laughs> passionate about something, yeah, it's, you, it's 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 hard to not pay attention and be enthralled within your story. Exactly. You could you could write a book if only I knew someone who had written a book. Oh, hey, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> we do have another guest in here, Steven Johnson, Motor City Brew Tours. How you doing?
3: Wow, that was an awesome, awesome transition. I'm really yeah. Yeah, you go good. He's good 90, yeah. 90
2: episodes it takes, and you, that, that's how good you can get. I'm a little in awe now, I
3: think. <laughs> you weren't you weren't ready for me to come to you? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was <laughs> like, what? I'm thinking, what other songs are tied to boaters? <laughs> that's what I was totally thinking in my head.
2: Um, what's the, uh, the, the Titanic song?
3: Yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, my yeah. My Heart Will Go my On. My Heart Will Go On. Yeah, yeah
2: there you and, go. And, and, but I, I mean, might
1: start crying or something
3: if
2: I hear Southern that song. I got Southern Cross
1: by cross, stills, Nash and Young. Yeah, oh, there you go. okay.
2: Well, have, I, I should have prepared more nautical-themed songs instead of what I have Just,
0: Just just sit there and think Gilligan's Island for a while. Gilligan's Island.
2: Have you ever noticed the theme of Gilligan's Island for the first season where they announce everybody except for one character, and instead of saying her name, they say, and And the rest... Instead of saying her name, hey, it's it's got to rhyme. I I guess so. I guess so.
3: Uh, So welcome to the show. This is your second time on here. First time without technical difficulties. Oh, this Mm. is super smooth. There's no bands playing, security's not walking by, and none of that stuff. So uh, you were on right uh, about a year ago, literally a year ago. Yeah, it it was funny. Like, I emailed you, what, a week or so ago, and I said, hey, I'd love to do some work with you guys and have some fun. And then on Facebook that one-year anniversary picture popped up, and it was like (laughs) us doing that show. And my wife's like, oh, my God, it's so funny. You were just talking to me about that. And then on Facebook, I'm like, amazing. Facebook knows everything that's going on, basically, don't they?
2: It does. It does. We we had, so uh, we've been obviously promoting our, our shows from last year as well. Uh, that was such a great and terrible show all at the same time because the <laughs> guests were great. Having, um, we actually had a gentleman on from Tokyo who actually yeah. ran a craft beer bar in Tokyo, Japan. And like listening to his story and how like the craft beer boom's getting out there, and we're like, man, if we could only get better audio for this, simply because we were battling against a uh, um, a band. Yeah, we were.
3: We were we, yeah, that we were battling a band. Reggie and the after I felt break. like we were part of the action, though, for <laughs> yeah. sure. So yeah, but we had good beer and we had food.
2: We had and we were really all hanging good, out, good beer. So oh yeah,
0: yeah. No, we we had some really good. Really it could good beer. be a lot worse.
2: Oh, yeah. there, there are. So, what are you up to these days? You're doing. Uh, you've got obviously a show that you've been doing with uh, Paul Starr called Two Beers In. True. That yeah. you can uh, you can get on iTunes, Stitcher, all those other places. Uh, I actually have it on my RSS feed. Ooh, that's so exciting! I, I listen to your show. I'm a fan.
3: I feel like you knew what was going on. I did not. So we've done. Let's see. We're up to four shows. That we've done, and our format is that we, well, it's a simple concept, isn't it? It's not so different than what you're doing right now. You drink beers and you talk to people? We drink beers and we talk to people, yeah. But in this case, we talk to each other. Okay. Okay. So sometimes it could be maybe a little too romantic. I don't know. You know, it depends on the venue we're at. We've been at some breweries, and we'll be recording, and then they'll, like, turn the lights down in the brewery. Paul and I will look at you and, I'm like, this is kind of like a date now. Play a little Barry Manilow yeah, in the background. just like, like, this isn't really what we had in mind when we thought we were going to start uh, this. I'm
0: like, hey, girl, I heard yeah. you like ipa is that, is, that,
3: is that Isaac Hayes, maybe? See, if I had a voice that awesome, I would just be throwing that out all the time. I but a, I definitely don't. I got a really big stout.
0: Wow. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> a little innuendo oh, over there. Oh, oh.
3: That's, that's, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at
2: your oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, right the, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a big bad Baptist. Big bad Baptist.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, so you got
2: that. So, yeah. You just started a blog with Better on
3: Draft. Uh, this amazing group of guys... Better on draft, right? Yeah. I'm excited. So I'm going to call it the Beer Tour Guy blog, and we're going to spin that into also a podcast that at some point in the future we're going to start doing a couple times a month with a format that probably will shift from what I say right now since that changes what the what I drink, right? That's how life works. Yeah. yeah, but the idea is I've been running a beer tour company since 2009 called Motor City Brew Tours, And I take people to breweries for a living. So I get lots of interesting stories, experiences. I get to meet so many cool people that I'd love to talk about that a little bit in terms of running a small business, being a beer enthusiast, being a bike enthusiast, being in the beer business, but being in the beer business in a different way, right? I'm not a brewer. I'm not running. uh, Have you ever uh, homebrewed? I've I've ever homebrewed. I've homebrewed with other people where I'm sure I cleaned up. (laughs) <laughs> and I helped drink it with them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what I quickly realized was I enjoyed drinking it. So more than the making it? More than the making it. And I have uh, hats off to everyone who likes to homebrew and everyone who professionally brews. But I definitely created a business around the fact that I like to drink beer. And that's, right. I focus on that. Sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah it does, it, doesn't it, it? It
0: does. It sounds very, like, very when it, familiar. When
3: it seems familiar, you just say it out loud. I'm like, yeah. everyone in this room kind of looked at me and like, yeah, yeah, I get that. No, okay. no,
0: we get yeah. it. And
3: yeah. And it's a question you get asked all the time. Is, oh, you must brew. You must know all this science stuff. When you were talking about school, craft, college, I'm thinking, I don't. Like, I understand the concept. And I could explain to you making beer on a real simplistic level, which is mm-hmm. how on tours, I probably need to explain
0: it. And I mean, I, I've got a, a laminated you know, sheet of paper from Northern Brewer on, on the steps to follow. And I followed the steps. That, that's, that's what I did. Did you, though? Did you follow all the steps? I followed the
2: steps. I, I, Were I, they in the right order? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we heard your I, brewing story. Hey. We know what happened. <laughs> well, hey. Wow. It turned out all right. I mean, George from New Belgium said, "Hey, it was it was it was decent."
2: Oh yeah, we we did have Jorge on. Yeah, who, the, also the guy who knocked out Milwaukee's best within a few sips. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> We it's it's quite interesting when you when you talk about like starting um, a brewery, starting a, a business around beer, because obviously that's what Better on Draft is, um, and that's what Schoolcraft is doing. And one of the big things that we uh, always keep wanting to make sure to bring up is is that we're doing a two thousand dollars scholarship for next fall semester for Very Schoolcraft cool. College. Mm-hmm. We teamed up with a bunch of breweries, including North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan. Nice. Uh, check them out, North Center Road, just south of Eight Mile. Go say hi to Kevin. Uh, tell him to. Play the coconut brown on again and again and again. It's one of their best beers they've <laughs> ever made. I've had the coconut
3: brown. I like that. From though. North Center. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: Uh, usually it's a fall beer for them, so that should be coming out within the next few months. Um, but yeah uh, great job if you go sign up and you uh, go through the brewery and distillery program at Schoolcraft you can apply for our scholarship we're giving away three technically total one for 1250 one for 500 and one for $250 mm-hmm. so uh, go check it out um, we have a lot of people that have uh, tagged on for that as well uh, definitely go support them so wh- why did you start a brewery tour
3: company like it just it
2: just seems very interesting
3: So, you know, originally it was that when I traveled, I liked to go to breweries, like most people do. And I liked to ride bikes. So I was uh, in a job I didn't particularly like. And I um, went on this this, uh, bus trip to wineries with my wife. And we were driving back from the southwest part of Michigan back to Detroit. And I said, we should do that with breweries. And it was just so... Simple when I said it out loud, she's like, Yeah, what would we call it? And then we just spent like, I don't know, two and a half hours driving back from the St. Joe area figuring that out. And then I sat on it for like two years. And eventually, I was uh, really drunk at the Winter Beer Festival, and I had a, a, a coworker of mine with me. Drunk at the Winter Beer Festival. I know. Huh, sounds, Never. You know. I could have just said the story this way. I could have said I was at the Winter Beer Festival, and we, we would have like, assumed <laughs> assumed I was drunk. We would just yeah. ask. And you him had
0: what, an alcoholic what, epiphany.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's like a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I just said it out loud to like me, uh, my coworker, and another buddy of mine named Cedar. And that coworker's like, "Well, dude, we just got to rent a bus." And he was like, it's so easy. I'm like, yeah, I guess that is pretty easy. You know. And then, of course, the next day as we're completely hungover, we're like, I think we talked about this yesterday. And then in the weeks coming <laughs> out of that, we eventually uh, you know, came to form an LLC and said, okay, well, we'll just rent a bus and we'll see what happens. And it was so simplistic, and, you know, and the basic idea of we'll throw friends on a bus, we'll go to uh, breweries, and we'll hang out and have fun. And that was what we wanted to do. Uh, Eventually, I figured that out into a business model, but I wouldn't say that it was some, like, I sat down with uh, an investment team, and we built out, and we had this amazing uh, business plan. No, it was not that. The funny thing was, at that time, I was also uh, in grad school getting an MBA, learning about all that stuff, but that's not really how I launched it. I just launched it like, this would be fun, and if things work, we'll go from there, and they have. I don't I don't have that original business partner anymore he kind of moved on to different parts in life but um I've I've brought in lots of other people to help me with the the tour company as kind of part-time tour guides now and just I will come out of something like this or we'll we'll have another drunk epiphany and be like <laughs> what if we instead of just doing buses uh we don't need a bus we'll just walk there we'll do walking tours uh what if we don't do that what if we do something with bikes Uh, But we can't drunk bike, so let's figure out how we finish at our brewery. And then eventually we launched Bike and Brew Tours, and now that's 40% of the business is biking. So we're in the thick of that. So tomorrow, for example, I'll be taking uh, 20 people out of Atwater Brewery, and we're going to learn about the history of Detroit, and then you'll finish at Atwater for a burger and a beer at the end. And it'll be very social and very fun. And then out of that, you get to meet 20 awesome people that have, like, shared common interests. And at the end of the day, I'm lucky. Like, that's the business is that. So there's all this other crap in the background. That doesn't really matter. But the fun stuff is on a good Saturday, all right, the rain is blowing through right now. So tomorrow's going to be gorgeous. We're going to wake up. We're going to get on bikes. We're going to bike around Detroit. We're going to finish at a brewery and drink some beer. And everybody in that group is going to be excited about that. And they're all going to want to shake your hand and, you know, kiss you on the cheek, right? So that's that's what uh, – that was a long answer, wasn't it? It's- that's that's fine. What's wrong with that? You could tell that I went to happy hour before we came over here. <laughs> we uh we we did that
2: for the first few episodes. Yeah, and we didn't end the episodes very yeah. well. I know. Um, we were we were also, I, I recall the second time that we had uh, Rochester Mills on, uh, oh. and brought us two cases of oh, beer. The cases. We didn't know he brought us the beer. So the next week, we had two cases of beer that we had to get through, and we're like, we might as well drink it. Oh, goodness. Um, what, the, are you, what are you cracking open right there? Uh, that looks like the New Belgium Tartastic. Tartastic. We're going to totally change it up. That's fine. That's the whole point of this show. Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah, some. Exactly. Make sure I got to make sure to get some of that peanut butter if it's not... <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh that's has been yeah. Yeah, I think there's yeah, I
0: think they're still a little bit left. Yeah.
2: And that coffee cider. I did not spend all that money on the coffee cider to <laughs> yeah, not get yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. That's now, such a good and very expensive
3: yeah, like drink.
2: Said, much, not, much appreciated. Not not for the fact
0: of like they're overpricing, it's just the fact that it's very expensive itself. Right. How
3: many now, cu- how many cups do you want for oh, that's my I biggest just I just
0: on. sip out of this one and then you just fill it in. Uh, now John, you said you, you had started homebrewing, you you were home brewing for about thirteen years. Yep. Finish that. Um at what point did you decide, hey, it may it'd be a really good idea to open up a brewery?
1: Well, I, one of the things that I do, do for a living, I work in intellectual properties. So I work with patents, copyrights, trademarks. And so I get to travel a lot as well. And... A lot of my clients are out in the uh, the northwest, so spending time in Seattle in Oregon and and checking out a lot of the uh, you know the boom really out there, as well as in Denver of, of the microbrewing industry, um, and talking to the brewers and getting to you know get inside, not being on the outside but getting inside um, mm-hmm. and looking at the business model. I'm getting to that point in my life where retirement was starting to stare me in the face, and I'm not the type of guy that's going to you know sit on a Easy chair or lazy boy and mm-hmm. and watch sports. I'm 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 alive. I got to be involved. Right. I won't ever retire. So I had to find something that was going to be you know transcend into a next or second career that would be you know something that I would do for the rest of my life. And I love beer. I you know it's always been uh, I I'm lucky. My uncle was a brewmaster down at Stroh's um, before they stro closed the Stroh's uh, brewery oh, right. here in Detroit. So um, I had that part of it. My grandfather was from Cork, Ireland. Um, He brought brewing with him over here when he came from Ireland uh, years ago. And it's been in my family for years. And it's just one of those things where it just seems like a natural for me. Oh, okay.
0: Now, as far as... Getting into the brewery and you know getting the facility and the licensing. How how did that process go? Especially with the city, because I mean, essentially you know, potentially, obviously, if you open up within the next two weeks, you guys are going to be the second brewery out there in Saint Clair Shores with Correct. Baffin, and, and then uh, I believe JMX brewing yep. is, is hopefully going to open at some point. So I, I saw them post a, a test batch. Yep. Uh, but I guess tell us that, about that process of, of going through the city and getting out there to, to really you know, get this thing open.
1: Well, it's an interesting story, too, I mean, as far as that's concerned. Um, we had our brew system before we had our building. Um, we, we picked up a, a brew system that was up in uh, Traverse City. It was the old Bravo Zulu. Oh, they just they just closed oh. not too long ago. Yes, hey. uh, yeah. So nice. it was. <clears throat> um, we had our business plan together. Um, we were looking for a facility. We knew with the, the nautical theme that we were going with and the chosen name and so forth. Mm-hmm. We were looking for a place that would be in close proximity to the boating industry, um, and knowing that Saint Clair Shores, the Nautical Mile, and so forth. That I live in Saint Clair Shores. Spent you know grew up there. Um, that it had to be somewhere in that area. And so this building that we currently have was built in 1926. Um, like I said, it was an old row house. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a very large building and it's got a very storied history behind it. Um, and it was up for sale um, it was a german organization that owned the building and it was a non-profit and so it was being sold now it was going to become a taxable piece of property so we had to work with the city of st clair shores in order to make it so that what they were envisioning what we were doing was going to be in line with the uh, the nautical mile merchants association and fit in there and and again be a good you know community uh, right. steward and so forth so uh, we were able to uh, make everything come come to you know play. We had our brew system sitting in storage for almost uh, nine months. <laughs> uh, we, we literally, from the day that we bought it, we had 24 hours to get it out of that building up in Traverse City and back down here into storage. Oh, wow. So that happened very quickly. Um, wow! But well, then it was how big of a system did Bravo it's Zulu have? A seven barrel. It's a seven barrel system. Okay. Yeah.
3: They were in operation for what? About a, a year or so, I believe so. Yeah, they weren't mm-hmm. open that long.
1: No. no. Yeah. Okay. So the no. system is basically. I mean, for all yeah, the got a, It's brand new. You got a great system. We do. Okay. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to actually find Bravo Zulu online, and they've uh, removed themselves pretty much from uh, existence on Facebook. So <laughs>
1: yeah, it was unfortunate that you know their location really is what did them in. Um, They used to have a small location downtown, and then he went from a large three-barrel system to a seven-barrel, and he moved outside of town into an old Mercedes-Benz dealership, and the clientele just didn't follow him out there. Gotcha.
2: I mean, it's, it's really, really hard when you're – you know, you you do have non-off-the-beaten-path like breweries like Right Brain's up there. Exactly, yeah. But you didn't have the history of Right Brain. You don't have the distro of Right Brain to where people aren't going to go out of their way to get to the yep. Salon Saloon mm-hmm. um, over in Traverse City. So, you know, for myself, like when I went uh, to Traverse City to work uh, two and a half years ago, I was up there for three days working. And I literally just walked the streets and walked into the breweries. Um, I was at Mackinac Brewing Co., which I believe is one of them, uh, just because it was there. Like I, I, I could have driven somewhere else, but I'd rather have just stayed downtown. And I think that's that's where you see a lot of these, you know, location. As much as your beer can be so good, you need a location, yeah, um, or you need Definitely. a great marketing team, and that's that's one of two things. Like Downey's location is not good at all. No. Over no. in, in Dearborn, I Michigan, so. but their beer is good. Their atmosphere is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I think that's what sells more than anything else is the atmosphere. First of all, right, um, and they're also smart enough to where they're bringing people in. They're doing yoga there. They're doing um, they 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 have so many uh, such a big space to where that you can play bags inside and a few other games to where it it makes it in a in a, th- a reason to go. Whereas you have. Dearborn Brewing Co who's smack dab on Michigan Ave where they have a window that you drive by and there's a giant tanks and you're like oh that's a brewery I'm going to stop in Right So there there is a method to the madness and you have again older breweries like Dragon Mead is in a garbage position. Oh it's, goodness!
0: Um, I mean, I, I never would have even thought. I mean, when I went there for the first time, I'm like, wait a minute, they're on a service drive. Mm-hmm. But
2: but how long they've been open for is what keeps twenty them, years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Twenty. Oh yeah, this, this is the twenty year yes. twenty year anniversary. They're mm-hmm, doing right. something at BFD too. I think uh, they are doing a tap event there, but I believe it's. Uh, Tomorrow? What's
0: the day today? Today co- is the 30th. Is Tomorrow's yeah. July. So <laughs>
3: and
0: they've got a collab with. Uh, they have a collab with Kunin.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dark Heathen, I believe, is what it is. And they're doing that release tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's the deal. That sounds right. So, you know, you you have all of these the off the beaten
2: paths, but they've earned their stars and stripes from either being old. Um, enough to mm-hmm. where your choices were limited, that's so right. you went there, um, and I think that's what why you get places that are still open that have been open for so long, like Baraboo. Like nobody talks about Baraboo. When was the last time you went to Baraboo? <laughs> Never. Really? <laughs> Never been to Baraboo? I, I went to Baraboo. No, I, it's
0: goodness. It's
2: the, the, the first, the last time I went, I remember taking my ex, who at that time just turned twenty-one. So this was five years ago, mm-hmm. and the time before that, I couldn't even tell that, you. That
0: probably was about the last, the only time I'd actually been there.
2: But they're always busy. They always have
0: people there, and yeah. it's it's because you know mm. they they become a staple for being so long. Yeah. No, actually, I, I probably it was about it was about four years ago. I, I sub hosted there for Sparkle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know so. they have
2: playmakers there. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I always get confused. When Do you I know what the their playmakers. claim
3: to fame is in Macomb County
2: for breweries? Baraboo's claim to fame from Macomb the the first ever brewery uh, in Macomb County. Group pub, yeah. Group pub, definitely. Yeah, uh,
3: kind of post prohibition. Yep. Or post 1992, I guess we'd say it that way. Uh, yeah, well, we, we one of the great it. facts you can read if you bought my book, Detroit Beer, <laughs> History of Brewing in the Motor City. <laughs> or go to DetroitBeerBook.com or
2: MotorCityBrewTours.com. Yep. You can actually you find it out there right? as well. Buy
3: it directly and you get an autographed copy. But that's not really why I brought that up. <laughs> it's just an example <laughs> of one of those breweries that's been there a long time and they've figured out in their local community how they survive. From a beer enthusiast standpoint, are they your go-to? They might not. They're probably not. And they've had a bunch of brewers go through there, and each mm-hmm. of those brewers has tried to put their stamp on that, and they've moved on to other places and, and whatever. And they've all kind of worked hard. They just had again another brewer change over there. So, but you accept them for what they are. Right? right. They're they're a mix of things. Right? Like yeah. well, they also a, have
2: a full bar, so it's yeah. great for those people who are friends who don't exactly. want beer or not not interested in beer. Uh, full food service, full entertainment service, where they have you know. Uh, um, obviously, pub trivia. They have different things that go on to right. where it keeps your entertainment value up so that when you go there, either something's happening or you'll still get music, whether it's the, mm-hmm. um, God, I can't think of AMF, No, AMF's bowling. AFI's the band. What's the, the three digit um, jukebox? I can't think of the name of the jukebox. Oh, company. geez. I can't
0: remember the name of the jukebox. I have the, I I have the what, app on my I, phone. I know what you're talking about, so too. Did, did I... you know
2: you can download these apps on your phone? Of course you can, but for the jukeboxes to where you can actually play the songs on your phone and not have to go up to the jukebox machine. What? So you can do this, and you could have so much fun with the bar playing. Bag. Like, for for me, my, for lack of better words, <laughs> troll song, there's two of them. There's In a the live version by what? Iron, Iron Butterfly. Butterfly. It's like 20 wow. minutes.
3: 20 plus minutes. <laughs> that seems like a good value for picking that song. Oh, yeah.
2: One. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you you download it. So it's usually like a dollar for the download and play, and then it's another 50 cents to play next. <laughs> 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 so you do that. Or uh, Dan, one of the the hosts of this show, we used to go to Danny's over in Ferndale, and we would play Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Oh. And we would try to guess how long it would take before they would turn off the song because <laughs> they would actually turn it off, and it's hysterical. But, yeah, you could do that on your phone now. You could download the, the app uh, for whatever the – because there's two major uh, uh, companies for the jukeboxes. Oh so goodness. I'll have to look at it, yeah. and we we'll, 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 might come back from break, and I'll, I'll mention <laughs> the names of it.
3: So if you've ever been at Last Call at a brewery or a bar and they've kind of played a song on repeat – to try to get you to eventually figure that out and then leave? I've never seen that. Yeah, I was doing a tour. Uh, this is always my answer. Two years ago, I was doing a tour, because I can never remember dates anymore. Like, two years ago, I was doing a bachelor party bus tour, and our last stop was Atwater, and uh, we were there at the at pretty, pretty much to the close. And this was when Atwater didn't have the restaurant part open on the front end, so you're, you're back in the production brewery, which is totally awesome, and we would just roll in there and big open space. And um, they started, and back then, if you remember going in there, they would have, like, one guy be working that tap area, and that was it. That was your guy. And uh, I think it closed at, like, 11 o'clock, but they had real sketchy, like, if he decided he wanted to go home early, then he just started closing that place off. Well, that that's with a
2: lot of bars. Like, I went to the the brewery in Charlotte and they were closing up early when I showed up and they wound up giving me a, not giving me, like, I purchased a beer um, just because I'm like, I'm on my way home. I got to drive to Detroit. I just want, you know, like a, a pint just to relax after a long day. And i like, all right, well, I'm going to clean up all around you. I'm like, that's fine. I don't <laughs> care. Just give me my damn beer.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you after I give you this beer, but... yeah,
2: I'm not here to socialize. I'm here all to go right. home. I'm like, that's fine. I understand your plight. I'm ready to go home, too. Hey. I just, you know, I was I was on the way from Hazlitt. Is, is Hazlitt the one over on the west side or is that Hastings? I always get them confused. One of them's by Lansing.
1: That's Hastings.
2: Hastings. So I was in Hazlitt because there's a brewery in Hazlitt, which... That upset me too. They that brewery, um, I can't say like I, I I would say which one it is, but I don't even remember the name of it. But they. But lie.
3: everybody who's listening right now should like go search that. Yeah, city go, go search oh, yeah. for
2: the the Brewery-ish. one brewery in Hazlitt, and then they lied to me because <laughs> I, I I said the brownout is that your brown, and they're like yeah, and it's a stout. It was called the brownout stout. They just didn't write stout. I'm like, Lazy. don't name brown something brownout, Lazy. and I'm looking for a brown ale. Um, I have no idea how we got to that track, but I don't I know. know the same you know, song multiple times. I really didn't times.
0: even tell you
3: what the song was. So I'm sure everyone is it. What's new, Pussycat is. by was, Tom Jones. I was Ooh. saying this that
0: that the uh, Laney joke, but he he. Told a joke about that on, on some live broadcast. Yeah, it's, it's What's New Pussycat. Where, yeah, where just John that Mulaney, song. Yeah, John Mulaney. where he just played that song over and over and over again. I
3: think one of his stand up shows he
0: talks about that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, where, that's where that's we got
3: that, that joke about, yeah. from. Yeah, okay, okay. Now I'm catching up. <laughs> there All right. you go. What so, was the song? Yeah, before so we're we are in there at this bachelor party. There's at least 25 guys, and they're totally lit up. And I think I had done a double tour that day, too. So, you know, I'm like done at this point. Uh, it was um, Who Let the Dogs Out uh, by The Baja. No. It was horrible.
1: No. And it
3: took uh, three three songs in before it, like, hit me. It definitely didn't hit these guys. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. He's trying to get us out of here, you know? And I'm just like, I want him to get out of here. Like, this is <laughs> awesome, you know? Then I got all excited because I realized that well, I was going to get the guys back on the bus. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're a beer tour guy, like, getting people on a bus, it's like corralling... Little kids at that point, and they don't want to go on the bus. Terrible. That
2: sounds like the uh, when I used to host or not host, I used to uh, work at Laser Quest and getting them through <laughs> the Laser Quest process, the training, the packs, and into the maze, and then getting them out of the maze. Yeah. And you know, they get lost and all that stuff. But uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break. We'll be right back with the Better on Draft podcast. And we um, are back oh, yeah. with the Better on Draft podcast, oh, episode high. 90, number 90. Oh, TJ White episode. It's a TJ Watt. You're stupid. (laughs) It's probably some stupid,
0: like, Pittsburgh Penguin number two. Don't get me started on the Penguins. Penguins suck. I don't understand that. It's like everybody is like, oh, you must love the Penguins. I'm like, no. No, I hate the Penguins. How do you hate the Penguins? and love the Steelers. Because Sydney. That's why I hate the Penguins. Sid the kid? (laughs) (laughs) And and I kind of had a discussion with my brother when I was out in San Fran a couple, like, about a month ago. And he was rooting for the Penguins. I'm like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? He's like, oh, come on, it's, it's Pittsburgh. I was like, no. No. No, no there's no. no there are- when, when you say it's Pittsburgh, it's Steelers, and that's it. You don't ever throw in the Penguins. I, I don't think I'll
2: ever root for the Penguins ever. Like, the worst team that I'll still root for. Is the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's only if they're playing the Penguins. <laughs> that's that's the only the only time I'll ever root for the the Chicago Blackhawks. I, mean, I hate
0: when when I used to watch. I, I hey, I, I like Mario. I, I thought it was, yeah, but I thought that's it was a, a different play. time. It's a, but it, yeah, it was a completely different time, and you know it was you know always seeing the the Wings get knocked out in the first damn round. Throughout the you know the the better part of the eighties and nineties, well they weren't making. Did the playoffs they even in the
2: make? 80s, the, I, was I was gonna round. say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they weren't making the playoffs until like 92, 93, or ninety one. It was, it was uh,
0: pretty much those those years when they would win the Presidents Trophy and they'd get knocked out in the first that round.
2: That was ninety. Was that to. was the, that was the Colorado Avalanche year. I think is when they won the most points or the most yeah. wins in a season, and then they lost to the Avalanche, and that was yeah. the first year the Avalanche. Uh, one that man, the the amount of times we've knocked out Patrick Wadd that was is 96. Hysterical. 96. 96. Correct. Um, yeah, because it went the Devils where we lost in the finals in 95, yep. 96, and then 97, 98, we were back to back, right? Correct, yeah. I, I don't like, I understand why they saved Matt Murray, but they lost Matt Mark Andre Fleury, and that just. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you... When everyone's talking about the Red Wings and they're like, oh my gosh, they protected Jimmy Howard, not Peter yeah. I'm like, Fire picking. Holland,
0: fire Holland, fire they're Holland. They're
2: not taking Peter Mrazic. <laughs> they're taking... They're, there was like three or four better goalies than Mrazic, and Mrazic ain't that good. <laughs> and as much as I've hated Howard so many times... Mrazic ain't that good. (laughs) He he had one fire season, one fire playoffs, and that was it. Right. Howard has done a lot more. And when he was healthy this year, he was better. But the problem is, is the question when he was healthy. Yep. So as uh, we still have our two guests here, thank you very much for uh, staying. We do have uh, some news to go through. Uh, Definitely interesting because the first one – Kind of affects Zatuna Liquor over in Rochester Hills. Yeah, it does. Uh, M fifty nine and Rochester Road, just south of M fifty nine. Go check out Jack Gus uh, if Gus is ever there. When Jack when Jack Jack is out drinking, then Gus is there. That's pretty much how that happens. <laughs> uh, go check it out. Uh, they actually had
0: uh, a Barrel Age Expedition yesterday. That there they did. I, oh, mean, I saw that for, post. That got a, got cool. a little flack on that post. Way, way too far for me to drive out there to get a couple. But, I mean, yeah, hey, I mean, the store got it. They posted it. You get your ass there and get it. If you don't, then...
2: So hey. one of the things you have to understand about Satuna Liquor, and this is more towards the people who got pissed off that it said regulars only, to be a regular at a store, you have to show up once. Right. Yeah, you, you have to take that first step in to become a regular. Right. So when they say regulars only, you show up and you get a beer. Don't be bitching on the internet. Right. Just go and get a damn beer. That's right. The only reason Jack does that is because... It deters the people from chasing just to show up for one beer and leave.
0: Right. The people who and basically. I do not care about Yeah. The, the people who basically open up the door, stick their head in and say, hey, do you have this? And they, mean, they don't even I, put one foot in there. Right. They don't even put a foot in there. You, you damn right. I'm going to tell you no. You you don't even have the courtesy to walk into the store and say, hey, how you doing? You know, my name is this. I'm looking for this beer. Ken, do you have any? Especially you know, Jack, too. Jack's so friendly. Yeah. I mean, he, well,
2: if you listen to our show when we had Jack Zatuna on from Zatuna Liquor, he doesn't shut up. So, <laughs> so is
3: that a compliment?
2: Kind I mean. of. I mean, he always he always has a, a story to tell, an opinion to have. Um, but he's a very solid. He, uh, still one of the best customer service rapport minds out there. This guy knows like what you want, what you like. Every single time I've gone in there, and then we're talking almost a decade of me shopping at Zatuna Liquor and every time i go in there i his suggestions 95 to 98% are good yeah I mean that that's a really good for someone who like it's a pretty good endorsement. Oh hell yeah! I I before like I when we started the show I didn't want to ask Jack for uh, a sponsorship because I'm just like I like you, I don't I don't want to like have this potential of like a, an enemy if something happens. You don't want it
3: to be awkward. Or yeah, away, and they're like, like oh there's that guy
2: there's that guy he, or I have to get money from him. Yeah, right. it's going beyond the friend zone. So uh, but he was the one that offered, which is the same with North Center Brewing too because I had a report with North Center before they open, But nonetheless, uh, great sponsors. So there's this law about muling beer. And, you know, mm. we call it muling. This is um, crossing state lines with beer. Yep. Uh, why don't you take it away, Rob?
0: All right. So basically back in May, there was a, a set of, of house bills. Actually, the house bills have have already been, they would already been, you know, signed into law back in the day. This was House Bill 4556-4557. Uh, But back in May, they decided to revise those bills to to create uh, new civil and criminal penalties for individuals who bring too much alcohol into the state without a distributor's license. Uh, So currently... Uh, the law caps all alcohol brought into the state for personal consumption at 312 liquid ounces. So that's essentially 24 12-ounce beers. Wow. uh And cannot have an ABV higher than 21%. So uh, for anybody going for some 2013 Brewery Black Tuesday, you know, you're, I guess you're out of luck. Um, so basically any anything more than these limits, you'd have to fill out a written application uh, to the Liquor Control Commission before you can bring it in. Um, Now, there weren't or there aren't any quantity-dependent penalties for beer and wine, uh, but the current law basically went after hard liquor. And anybody bringing in hard liquor, they were getting anything from civil infractions to felonies. Uh, So basically they wanted to revisit these laws because they're feeling that – well, I guess the distributors are feeling like they're getting cut out. They're not getting their share of the beer and, and all of the alcohol that's coming in into the state. So them being having their lobbyists, they went to the legislator, later legislation, and so ultimately our new the new bills would bring punishment to now the beer and wine side, uh, essentially the same way as people would get punished for the hard liquor. Uh, so essentially, anything exceeding the three three uh, hundred twelve ounce limit would be a five hundred dollar fine. Um, Anything over 45,000 milliliters, so 60 bottles of wine or essentially five cases of beer, that's a $2,500 fine and potentially 93 days in jail. Uh, Anything over 225,000 milliliters, so now we're talking about 300 bottles of wine or roughly 26 cases of beer or 10 kegs, um, that turns now into a class F felony. And you're looking at a five thousand dollar fine, and up to four years in jail. <laughs> now, apparently, from from all of this, they was, they were they were going from a study uh, that was taken back in 2015 that reported that 64 million dollars in wine was shipped in, into Michigan illegally. So they figure, you know, if wine's going to come in, let let's go after everything. Um, so they made these changes to the bill. Um, from the point of which I looked this, this information up and, and saw the article about it, it had already passed the House. Uh, so it had, it had already been read in the House back in, in May. Uh, it passed the House on May 25th. It reached the Senate, and the Senate passed it last Thursday. And as of yesterday, it is basically waiting for Governor Snyder to sign. And... It, it's, it's rather interesting that, you know, they're, they're going after this. And I, I thought it was kind of funny because then I thought, huh, I, I saw some posts on Detroit area craft beer enthusiast groups where certain someone's decided to go out to, you know, New England area and was coming back with cases upon cases of stuff from, you know, The Alchemist and, and Treehouse and whatnot. And I said, hey. Um, all those pic- those pictures of what you're bringing back, That that's at least a $500 fine. Um, I guess, is, I mean, do you think anything like this is really going to even deter anybody? Because, I mean, is anybody really going to be sitting, uh, is, like, state police going to be sitting on the border just looking at cops? Is it bad enough they're trying to look at people to see if they're texting? How are you going to be able to tell that somebody is bringing in all of this beer?
2: If I was a cop, and I saw someone coming in through Michigan City into Michigan that had a Bell's tag, a founder's tag, or anything like that. I sure as hell would be pulling them over because <clears> you know damn well they probably have three Floyds in their car. And the limit is two cases per person. Therefore, you know you have more than one case of beer. And if you get a cop that has having a bad day or something like that, then he's going to write up tickets as if it's no big deal. But uh, the thing is, wait, is that
0: a sticker is going to be enough. To, to basically give a, a cop enough probable cause to pull you over? Oh, I, w- I would think so, too. If, it, if I saw a bunch of stickers on a car that
2: were alcohol, pro-alcohols type stickers, bells, founders, etc., I would be watching that car like a hawk, thinking that they're probably uh, intoxicated as they're driving or easily fail a breathalyzer test.
3: So in the law, though, what would be the legalities? Like, what would... Could they just so randomly this, pull people over? Like, yeah, so no, that's right? That's so that's the I big
2: don't, cluster. I don't think you can be randomly pulled over. Obviously, you have to have some probable cause. Right. I think this is what they, what they would consider a secondary offense, unless obviously somebody's tipping off for a big mule, like someone who's trying to bring in, you know, a thousand cases of beer illegally. Right. Right. I, um, I think
0: you'd, you'd have to see it because essentially, if you get, even if you get pulled over for a traffic infraction. There has to be some sort of probable cause that comes out of that for them to be able to search the vehicle. Why are your axles riding so low in your trunk? (laughs) 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 Again, I've I've got an Ikea (laughs) futon in the back. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've, I've been pulled over
2: in regards to uh, transporting computer parts across state lines uh, because of that. My axles were riding too low. Cop wanted to see what was going on, um, and we wound up. We had to go, like, we had to walk, find a rental car place. This is pre-Uber can't get a tax off the taxi off the freeway find a rental car to then drive back to our car because he locked our car saying we can't drive it until it because he had something that could see what the, the weight was like yeah. we drove onto something and it told what the weight was mm. we had to knock off weight before we could drive it because we were overweight and if you're driving a car that has 26 cases of beer or more you're overweight yeah you're gonna you're gonna put
0: quite a bit of on
2: those Zach. yeah so so again like we're we're, we're talking about in an, an industry to where it's going to be a secondary offense you'll be caught based on something else you won't be caught based on you'll be caught from texting and driving checking your phone you know for directions or anything like that mm. and i it's it's annoying in the sense to where it's I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, and I, I think I'm definitely going to reach out to the MLCC because I'd love to talk to them about this and see why this is important um, towards them as opposed to why us as fans who, you know, we're going to Three Floyds. We can't get Three Floyds here. Right. We're not doing it to resell it. We're not doing it for malicious intent. We're doing it right. to drink goddamn beer or share exactly. beer with
1: our friends. Well, well I have the, to, a oh, comment I'd like to put in here. Um, I did my undergraduate study up at Michigan Tech. Okay. And we used to do what we called Copper Country Cruises, where we would drive from Houghton, Michigan, across the Wisconsin border through Hurley to buy our beer. Mm -hmm. And we would do it in bulk. Is that going to affect those? I'm thinking of these these fraternity pledges that are trying to get into a fraternity, and their mission is to go to Wisconsin to bring back beer to the fraternity house. I mean, you got a better chance of hiding in a car than you do in a boat. But the, no, they're, I mean, they're doing it in cars. but huh. we, we call them cruises. Okay. But that's what their job was. I mean, okay. as a pledge, you have to go to Wisconsin and bring back a certain type of beer in mass quantities for the fraternity party.
2: <sighs> These guys Well, cool. they have... What's Wisconsin's... Uh, does Wisconsin have a, a, a major beer like Natty Bow or Rainier or anything like that? I don't think so. I mean, other than... I know Spotted Cow was their
1: number one seller. Hell, I just which is well, weird I was, as all I was just hell. thought it's think about it early. Well yeah. Houghton's way up here, you're not getting much craft beer up there. Right. So they are going well, to be Milwaukee. Got, you've got a couple breweries no, in, now in, up in, in the, the uh
2: and, um you got, the got upper hands.
0: Black Rock Black Rocks.
2: Yep. Yeah, there's 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 a few of them up there. I remember we had that as a uh, a trivia question at one point in regards to what was the most northern Michigan brewery. <laughs> and if you go to betterondraft.com forward slash mi beer map, is so it Calumet? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to actually go to betterondraft.com. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> and uh, I don't know either. That's a good question. As as I'm bringing it up right now, so. Uh, again, like I think there's there's specific reasons as to why it's there, and I think the second that it hurts someone bad, like someone close to us or anything like that, is mm-hmm. the day that it's going to uh, um, matter. But right. you know, for for people, it's uh, Brickside Brewery is the the most oh, northern yeah. one in Copper Harbor. Copper Harbor. okay.
0: Um, I, what, I, what I think is, is kind of interesting about it is that the, the rep that sponsored the bill, uh, rep uh, Joseph Bellino Jr., um, basically prior to joining the house, which he joined the, the house this year, uh, he was the owner of Broadway Market, which was a party store out in Monroe. Oh. And so with being within such pro- close proximity to Ohio – And everything from the stores that are out there, the, well, I guess, rest in peace, Anderson's Market, because, you know, that that place was pretty awesome, uh, Corks, and, you know, some of the other stores that are out there that, you know, for the most part, anybody that's here that is really starving for some yingling, you drive to Toledo. You go down there, you pick up a couple cases, and you drive it back.
2: On, uh, off of Alexandra, you go to the Meijer, and you're ready to go, and yeah. right back on. You don't even need to go to any of the Mario's or anything like that down in Toledo <laughs> for Yingling.
0: That is right, but I mean, for for stuff like that, that I mean, that's out there, that's right there across the border. I mean, obviously that would be, or you know, since he's now in the house, would have been hurting his business. I'm, I'm sure there's like probably a family member, somebody that still owns it, or that it's still somewhat in the family. But, I mean, one way or another, that, you know, stores like that that are sitting on the border are going to get hurt by all that beer that comes in from other locations. I read, uh, I
3: read an article last year. My wife's from Milwaukee, so I have a, a, a big love for New Glarus Brewing Company, which you can only buy in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I read this real interesting article, and it, it talked about the uh, Mars Cheese Castle. You ever heard of that place? It's uh, not far from, Keno- or it is in Kenosha, since you were just drinking a Kenosha beer. I was going to say, that's where I go when I get to my,
2: my Wisconsin beer, is I go to Kenosha and go to Woodman's, or I think is the name yeah, of the market. Yeah, so
3: it would be not too far from where Woodmans is just off the highway. and oh, yeah. it's, it's this beautiful place of you know everything Wisconsin. Um, I'm sure at one point it was a dive and they made so much money they, they built this literally castle that's mm-hmm. you know cheese and food and tons of beer And I read this article about a year ago and it talked about how um, they had done a study to see what the percentage they were the highest selling retailer of nuclearis brewing in the whole state of Wisconsin. And why do you think that was? was because people would come over from Illinois, you know, the northern part of Illinois. they come into Wisconsin, and that was like their first, next to probably Woodman's, place mm-hmm. they could go to to buy it. And when you go in this place, they would have a huge display in the center of the beer, like a huge pallet, and it was just stuffed with variety packs. And the prices were not good. Like, I knew better. Like, when, I, when I'm there uh, by her parents' house, there's, like, a pick-and-save grocery store. I can get a variety pack for, say, you know, $14. Here, that would that variety pack at, like, uh, Mars Cheese Castle was, like, you know, $5 more than that. But they were selling it, and they were the best-selling retailer in New Glarus in the whole state of Michigan. But it was all because of that cross-border. Wisconsin, right. It totally was. Like, if, if Illinois passed a law like this... You know, wow, Marcius yeah. Castle would be in their lobbying and saying right. that's not mm-hmm. a good thing. That's yeah, not no, going to no, help us. That, we right. just spent all this money building this place out. Exactly. And what's the harm in that, right? Well, again, like a lot of people aren't,
2: you know, they're they're not. Especially in this area, a lot of people aren't traveling. It, it's not like Zatuna Liquors going to Ohio to pick up Yingling to sell at their store, right? You know, and I understand the the business portion of it, and the one thing you have to understand is is that you not buying that it's not that you can't buy Yingling, so it's not like you're taking money out of the business out here. It's the fact that that money would have went to a beer in Michigan. You would have bought a six pack or a twelve pack of Oberon as opposed to a twelve. They would have got
3: that tax revenue. Correct, I get that. Yeah,
2: no. So uh, again, playing you know devil's advocate, both sides. Um, you know, be, being this business first podcast, you have to look at all this to be, you know, what's best for the consumer and what's best for the business. And as the consumer, we still have some of the cheapest beer in the country, right? You know, we're, we're not overpriced. We're not selling it. You know, you, you go to dive bars in some other major cities, and you're talking like $5 for a oh, Stroh's. Yeah. Whereas you go to a dive bar, and you're talking like $5 for all-you-can-drink Stroh's.
3: <laughs> and, and go, to, go to, like, New York, for example. I remember going to New York, and I drank, like, a Brooklyn lager, and it was on happy hour, and it was like six fifty. I was like, that's the happy hour price? Right. Like, yeah, that's a really good deal. I'm thinking, oh my god, where am I? <laughs> Cost of living, but it's New York. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's New, New York. York. I was right in the heart of the world, right there. Well,
2: that's the thing. Like go, even going to the breweries in Chicago too, like the prices were a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, going to Half Acre, uh, oh, Beguile, yeah. totally Dovetail. You know, the the prices on the board. I'm like, this isn't what I normally pay for all these things. And I mean, I'm not even in downtown. Uh, in the downtown area, I'm like north of Wrigleyville. I'm I'm close to like the northern part of Chicago, the the bad part of Chicago. Well, South Side is bad. The North Side's pretty bad too. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you photos of the Motel Motel I went to. Oh,
3: yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about in the North End where that's bad? I don't, I don't know that area. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking. I, I, I talking lived in Chicago. We're talking so north of Wrigleyville.
2: Around. We're talking. Yeah, yeah there's there is a few pla- like the, the. This is how bad my motel was. There was a lock on the remote, so nobody stole it. Um, a lock on the TV the CRT TV that was hanging in the corner and it wasn't like a big CRT because it was hanging, it was like a 20 inch, something that like I got a hand-me-down in 1995 from my parents. Took, because took like five they, minutes to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even bother watching TV on this thing. What was so funny though is, is that I, I have a, I have a Chevy Cruze, it's not an expensive car, but it's not a bad car. I had the cheapest car in the parking lot. There was Lexuses and all <laughs> these things i'm like jesus christ like this kind of place it's so confusing how because it's one of the it was one of the cheaper motels but the fact that there was the nra weekend too, the national restaurant association weekend which is huge in chicago yeah. so everything that's two three times the price no matter where you go i oh man that, that was a fun trip and then i did the uh, malt row nice. that would be fun like if, if you want to do a brewery tour malt row which is in chicago it's Literally one road and it you you drive it, it parallels the train station or the train tracks. As you drive it, there's I think six breweries within a mile, mile and a half. So you could technically walk it. I wasn't I was I was going there having like a few samples and then hopping from each one. I wasn't even like I'm not gonna get drunk, not gonna get drunk. And then I found the cider bar that was up there that had like a hundred different ciders available. A hundred. A hundred. Wow. Yeah, that that was their, their shtick. Is they had a bunch of and then I walked in and I'm like, if I drink here, I'm gonna get hammered. I'm gonna walk out now and I'm going to go get food. <laughs> that's that's the bad thing. You know, you, you talk about driving and you're traveling and doing all these things, going to all these places, and you want to go to all these breweries and try all these beers and you're like, I need to get home safe. I yeah. can't I can't drink and drive and like get completely shwasted. Nope. So it's wasted. That's, that's a good word. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: It's uh shit face wasted. Shit face. Oh, shasted. Okay. okay. Wasted. I'm gonna have to put that in rotation. Yeah. In
2: yeah. the ro- in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the point where you're going to the bathroom to throw up on purpose because you know damn well that if you try to drink all of this alcohol and digest all this alcohol, you ain't having a good morning or night. Wow.
3: You've never you've never been shwasted before? Oh, I've definitely been wasted before. No, there's no confusion here. It's, it's
2: been a few years for me, but uh, uh, actually, actually, the last time I was there was the last time I drank straight liquor, and that was 2012. Uh, yikes. I polished forgot. a whole fifth of Russian Standard 100.
3: Dang. During
2: the movie, oh, God, what did we watch? I want to say it was Back to the Future. I was going to say Part 2. Just, just the regular Back <laughs> to the Future. Um... <laughs> There's a, a mystery science theater group out of uh, Texas that does uh, mystery science theater for more modern movies, and they did Back to the Future. And every time you saw product placement, you drank. So, like, every time you saw the Pepsi or the DeLorean.
3: That's funny. Oh, Damn I love that. Dude. So
2: the next time anybody watches Back to the Future... Look for product placement and take a drink every time, and then do not call me because you will <laughs> nope. be
0: hammered.
3: Yep. Did you guys ever see the documentary that's on Netflix about people that are huge fans of Back to the Future and the DeLorean car? Oh yeah, yeah. What's that called? That was really uh, um, interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I nah, I don't. It's that. not on Netflix anymore. It's not okay. Um, I, I, I want to say I saw it like last winter, maybe. And, uh, wow, there's a lot of fanatics out there. And I just thought, okay, I like that movie. It's, it's called Back in Time. Oh, there we go. Back in Time. That's so it. there's there's actually a book, too, that you can get at
2: least the audible copy oh, of I it. I thought you were reaching for the book right <laughs> there. I'm like, oh, my God. I just carried it around. This show
3: is complete. facts.
2: <laughs> I knew <laughs> I what like, you were going to talk about. <laughs> I knew we were going <laughs> to bring up you Back to the Future. Up, uh, it's called We Don't Need Roads, The Making of Back to the Future oh, oh, by, by Cassine Gaines. Okay see see it's right there wow <laughs> right above the uh, right above the Jim coke book that I have <laughs> okay so uh let, let's talk about one more uh one more news article before we uh take a break, because we spent uh, 35 <laughs> minutes on Back to all the right. Future
0: and uh, Muleen. Well, I guess the rest is going to go on this one. Um, I guess, do, do we want to talk about this one with the time we have left? Because I figure this one is probably going to go maybe, over. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in uh, segment three, depending on where we get to. Alright, alright. So I'll, I'll hold off of that one, because that one, I, I kind of feel like that one's pretty important. Um, obviously, we um, well, we know about Founders and, and their DKML that is being released, hopefully this the Malt Liquor. Kind of, the Malt Liquor um, as abbreviated. I believe the, the full name is the Dick Kicker Malt Liquor.
3: I was just going to ask that. Like I actually <laughs> – I, I knew that was the abbreviation but I really didn't know. I, Dick from, Kicker Malt
0: Liquor. I believe okay. that is what it is. That is that's that's going to go in rotation. That is, sure that right. is their next uh, barrel-age release and as it sounds, it is a barrel-aged malt liquor. Um, supposedly going to be sold in, in four packs. I couldn't find out what the ABV was going to be, but um, I'm imagining, you know, with it being a barrel age, it's going to be around 10%. I guess we will we will have to see and, and maybe do a side-by-side with German Hobo to see exactly, you know. So
2: so hold on one second because I, I have, you know, in regards to uh, the seafaring ways, there are a lot of puns. That go through in regards to. <laughs> I don't see the
3: segue in there. The, I do the boats. I'm, I do.
1: It. I'm missing it. Oh, do we do. plan
2: on having these types of puns for your beer names, absolutely. or is it absolutely? I would yep.
1: imagine. It. I mean, there, there's just, I mean, there, there's so many different stories that can be spun into it, and, and uh, you know, whether you're you're a, a, a longshoreman and have worked the docks, or you've worked the decks on a boat, a freighter, or you've worked the small deck on a sailboat. There's stories that go along with that, and you're going to have a lot of those that will be coming out in the name I, of I them. have a feeling like Poop Deck Porter is going to be i uh... – I'll stay away from that one, but uh, <laughs> there will be some Yikes. other ones.
2: Yikes. Yeah. We have uh, one of our – Maybe Poop Deck Brown. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Porter's got the – the, the um... oh, God. What's the word? When when you use the the same letter for the – oh, my gosh. Oh, a, a literative term? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it has that go. but there you go so right. um, so well. But before we take a break because I, I remember we, we talked about the pale ale what, mm-hmm. what are your other, because you had five more
1: Oh, well, we've got uh, a quarter wake stout which is a, a stout that we do uh, I've done for a number of years um, we also have um, Preskill Pilsner which is a, a very palatable easy drinking beer um, we've got Long Island Red which is our Irish Red that is a family recipe of mine that my grandfather brought over from Ireland. So we've just kind of timed it with Round Island, which is a little island that sits off of Mackinac. It's got the famous lighthouse on it. So that happens to be the uh, the logo for the beer as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, before we uh, take a quick break, because I think uh, segment three is going to be a, a nice little segment, uh, DKML is going to be hitting distro in tomorrow, actually, July 1st. Today's uh, June 30th. Yeah. July first, uh, check it out. I'm gonna have to uh, save some for Dan. I think Dan's actually coming back next week. Oh, cool! Yeah, we'll so get... Dan. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Dan drinks malt liquor on the show. Um, he'll drink uh, King, King Cobra, King Cobra all the time. Um, Yikes! <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back. We'll uh, we'll talk about some of the Old Nation that we're drinking uh, and all the other beers that we've uh, we've been tasting. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back with the Better On Draft podcast, if I can get the music up. And we are back, Better On Draft, episode 90. <laughs> Guests are still here. We're cracking beers. We've got uh, some Old Nation Boss Tweed, double IPA. Uh, we had, actually, their their Sour Session. Daymouse. We, uh, Day-mouse.
0: Shout out to uh, Travis
2: S- Sellermans. Yeah, uh, Travis is actually going to be on the show in two weeks, I believe. Yes, he is. Uh, we got Sellermans, who we just had on last week, their Coffee Cider. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think I think we've announced All the other beers uh, That we've uh, cracked uh, open So oh, far Oh the Tri-City Yeah the Tri-City, Tri-City. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Tri-City up there Definitely one of our Older shows
0: Oh
2: yeah uh, but yeah, so as we're just just give me a glass. It doesn't doesn't okay. we we've got plenty of glasses yeah, out nice. here. Yeah. We use them all. Oh,
3: yeah. I guess I'm being a little uh, yeah, it too nice oh, about I the smell cups,
2: huh? yeah. We we just, Love a little, just, a little, no. just a little just a little just a little. That's <laughs> just, that's okay,
3: just a Just the tip. Okay, just the tip. I got it. Just oh, a oh, tip.
2: double IPA for me. That's for sure. <laughs> so y- y- you mentioned all of these beers. I didn't hear an IPA in there. I just heard a regular pale ale. Oh no, there is uh, there's two of them. Actually. Damn it!
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yay! You got to. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that you have to have a beer that's going to um, fit everybody's palate, or at least try to. I mean, you're not going to always succeed, but you do your damnedest to, to, uh, to be able to do that. I just don't like IPAs. <laughs> I'm with you. Um,
2: I, I, I don't like the bitterness. Like we, we've, we've had conversations, and one, one of the big things that I don't like about a lot of craft beer bars is the fact that so many of them have so many IPAs. Yeah. And you know, you, you talk about the the first day that Hobcat Detroit opened, and they had the dark horse tap takeover of like a hundred of the taps, and like sixty of them were Crooked Tree. Right. And I'm like, I don't need Crooked Tree. I don't need <laughs> bourbon Crooked Tree and grapefruit <laughs> tri- cro- Crooked Tree and apple juice Crooked Tree. No, I just mm-hmm. I just want something that's malt forward. There you go. And it's it's hard to to go and when, when I go to these places like you know. I've talked about my terrible experiences at breweries. I I don't like Half Acre, not at all. I don't like Three Floyds. Going to these breweries and their non IPA beers or non pale ale beers are the stuff that I can get normally. Your your gumball head mm-hmm. yep. and I'm like I I want to try a beer that's and that's that's what they make and sure they're good at it because everybody else tells me they're mm-hmm. good at it so I just believe what they say. But again, like if I want to go to your brewery, I should be able to fill out a. Um, uh, a whole four or five or six flight without hitting an IPA. Well, and uh, I th- I think that's a problem if I go and I try to fill out a flight and I can't. I have to have an IPA just yeah, to fill it out. You won't have to worry about that with us.
1: <laughs> How many taps are you guys going to have? We're going to have um, on the front bar, we'll have six on the front bar. There'll be another six on the back bar. And then we'll have four um, set up on the side of the fr- of the back bar, which will be our seasonals. Okay. And then we'll have three porters or stouts. What's your uh, your first seasonals coming up? Uh, I really can't tell you exactly what we've got coming up. Okay. I mean, uh, it's just still a little bit too early. Some of that's going to be released when we do open. Okay. But, um, we're kind of holding back on a few things, Ken. That's a price. Uh-oh. What
2: do we got going on over there?
0: Oh, um, He is uh, absolutely, I, I believe he is fawning over Boss Tweed right now. <laughs> do you <laughs> David, like it? Yeah,
3: I have to say I haven't had it before. So I I hear all about it online in the world of beer geekery, and I was like, oh, whatever, you know. But I just took a sip of it, and I was kind of blown away. And I I know Travis, and I was at um, Royal Oak Brewery, and they they do a a really fun uh, thing called Panel every month. And uh, he came out, uh, this is three, four months ago, and he did like, I don't know, 13 beers in a row that we got to sample in there in like a two-hour stretch of time. And then he threw out – he didn't throw this out, but he threw out this experimental beer. Didn't even have the full graphic yet. What do you think that was? M43. Yeah. So this is probably more than three or four months ago.
2: Now, I was going to say it's that. probably yeah. when he came on our show because yeah. yeah. he brought us – We had the
0: salesman's bottle. Yeah, yeah. That,
3: that is totally what he had too. So he's just like, I don't know what I think about this, and I know there's a lot of hype around this and whatever. And he had this whole speech like he – didn't know if he wanted to explain this to us, and I'm just like, whatever, well, man. We're well, the whole thing it.
2: happened was is that there there's a group on Facebook called the Detroit Area Craft Beer Enthusiasts, and they they had come out and they you know everybody's fawning over these New England IPAs, and they're like, why does no Michigan people make a New England IPA? And Travis is like, I'll make one. So he invited a few people from the uh, the group to actually come out and help make it, and it was just a huge hit, like. It, it exploded like there, there was there, you, you couldn't explain like the amount of people that wanted M43 after they had oh, it. Oh yeah, um, and when, when when Travis was on here, like he was bringing other beers that I was excited for because, um, you know, mind you, Travis worked at uh, Detroit Beer Co. Mm-hmm. and knowing you know what the the Sanders uh, beers, the Detroit Dwarf, which is one of my favorite alts, Double Ryan
3: Dwarf. Terrible
2: beer. Like. Oh,
0: oh, and he ooh, said okay. it was terrible. Oh, on I, said it, I said I said it terrible. on air to, like, Travis, to Travis, and oh, he's that's... just
2: like, "All right, all right."
3: <laughs> he's like, "I'm not really gonna come back here now." No, wow. no, no, no. Yeah, he he he, he
2: knew it wasn't a double alt.
3: You know, I like it, though. I don't know. I guess I just like alts so much that I want to believe a double alts is going to be so amazing. uh, I I agree. Dwarf by itself just stands up. I
2: actually, I I had, so I I won't mention the name of the brewery (laughs) just because it was, a very bad experience but i had they had a brown there which i love brown ales if you make a brown ale you did something wrong <laughs>
3: oh really oh yeah wow wow
2: if if i don't like a brown ale you did something wrong and i did not okay. like this brown ale at all and i'm like all right so i had i had a few other of their beers they 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 produce they can their uh they can their beers and i had their alt too not good at all and i'm like how the hell are you in business if you can't make these beers, because they aren't known for their IPAs or anything like that. It's not like they're a major brewery that's like, you know, we sell mostly IPAs, but like here's a, a mm-hmm. little thing. But no, like the, this this brown ale, and I'm, I'm all excited because the first two breweries I went uh, yeah, the first two breweries I went to, the first one I went to had a brown ale. Really, really bitter. And I thought it was an American-style brown, but then I realized it, the, like, they had coffee mixed into it. So it had to have been the coffee that was making right. it bitter. Yeah, totally. So when, when, when you make a brown ale that's a little more experimental, I give you a pass because I'm like, all right, that's fine. You tried something different. I don't like it. That's okay. But when you make like a standard European-style brown ale and it's too hop forward, too bitter, I'm like, it was just bad. It was like the brown ale we had earlier today.
3: It just tasted like <laughs> another broad. brewery No, oh, no, we we won't, we, no, won't no, say. we won't say
2: that at all. No, we, we won't say it. Like there there are times where I'll call out a brewery when I need to call out a brewery like Waldorf for lying to me. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh wow. Well, that's the thing though.
2: Is have you guys ever drank something like for instance if you, you know you you have a Coca-Cola in front of you, but you're not looking at what you're drinking, but I poured you a Sprite and you're expecting Coca-Cola, but you love Sprite. That, co- that spread's going to taste garbage because you're expecting Coca-Cola. Yeah. And that's that's the, the feeling that I get when I went to Waldorf and I'm like, I'm expecting a brown ale. I'm not looking at what's in the glass. I'm just drinking it. And I'm like, this is not a brown ale. <laughs> not at all. And of course, they don't have one to where I can be like, can I get a brown ale? Because that's what I ordered. So right. I just wound up drinking it and leaving. But, but again, like... I, it, it confuses me, and I, I hate when I get on the soap. But oh, I love it when I do because yeah, I do. I, I I don't like the sound <laughs> of my voice, but I know like I feel yeah, strong and empowered like, when I get on the soap. Oh, you really think yeah. he
3: doesn't like the sound of his voice? He's, Come on, I, I, honest not to like. God. This not is like this the is sound showing of my voice. Ooh, I'm a little too close to the mic. Sorry there about that. <laughs> the, um, you're okay. I can you just can turn tell, you tell it's not my 90th show because I get too close to the mic. Right. No worry You're it 90th show. You gotta like your voice. Now you've worked hard to get your voice. Like hate. I hate my voice.
2: Really? No, no, no. And that's the thing though is we're both. Both MCs, we both hosted. Yeah. Pu- well, I hosted, he hosts oh, pub trivia. Oh, yeah, okay. So it, we we hear ourselves a lot, and I just I just don't like the yeah. sound of my voice. Yeah. Pe- people
0: say, "Oh, you have a great radio voice." I'm like, Nah, dude, I have a great radio face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm. Um, <laughs> so let's,
2: let's let's get into that 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 one article, and uh, I think that's going to take us to the nine o'clock hour. Okay. I think Actually, we, it was... we have really like we we have two different people in regards to mm-hmm. great. Like there, there's a great conversation to be had here. All so right. Take all it right, away.
0: All right. So this is some fun stuff that, that's been going on this week. Um, obviously we've seen quite a few breweries that have been picked up from ABI and Sab Miller, you know, in in you know, the different types of uh, as as Ken is is trying to boss tweet and proving once again that he absolutely hates IPAs, never mind double IPAs. That uh, you, we've had all these breweries that have been getting acquired by, you know, like I said, ABI, Sab Miller. And so the Brewers Association thought it was time for independent breweries to stand out and be recognized as such. Uh, so, to do this, uh, the BA has developed what they're calling an independent craft certified seal, uh, which craft brewers can have as part of their labels to serve as a handy tool for enthusiasts to easily differentiate beer from craft brewers and beer produced by other non-craft and, you know, multinational companies. Seal um, is free, uh, doesn't require any brewer to be a member of the BA, um, you know, which obviously can't be used by any brewer that is associated with specifically um, ABI is the high end or really any other brewery that is associated with, with any other big beer uh, company. Um, and it kind of, some, some of the responses have, have pretty much kind of gone out, gone over, you know, the battle of, of what is craft and what is crafty. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of responses or some responses that have come from some of the breweries that I've, have recently been acquired by the likes of ABI. Uh, and I'll just go through a couple of them. Here's, there's one from, uh, Garrett Wales at 10 Barrel, uh, who said, at the end of the day, the beer does, does the talking, not the label on the package, and the consumer makes up their own mind. The problem is that the BA continues to refuse to let the consumer make up their own mind and try to make it up and try to make it up for them. Uh, Andy Ingram from Four Peaks says, "When a major trade organization is saying it doesn't matter uh, what's in your glass as long as it's independent, and they're telling consumers that, then that's a big issue. You're saying go ahead and drink crap just as long as you don't support the big guys." And it's not healthy and it's not a good way going forward. Um, one of the other notes actually came from pretty much a guy, I believe, who, I think who runs a high end, Philippe Spiegel, uh, said, And now comes a piece on, you know, independence. And for me, the real thinking behind independence is that consumers don't necessarily care about independence. What they care about is what is the impact that small businesses have on the communities and are the communities being better? Um, you know, looking at you know the world of business, and we we have all of these breweries that are out there, um, and you know, like we've always said, you know, from the the words the the wise words of Ted Million Dollar Man DiBiasi, everyone has a price. I think I need to get that theme on everyone here for a drop. has a Every price. Every time I mention, yeah, I'd that. love
3: to hear that music or something right now. <laughs> I, as know, you said that. I know, It'd be awesome.
0: But I, I guess what what I'm what I'm reading into in in terms of looking at the comments from um, the you know the acquired breweries, which they also, I believe there was a comment from uh, one of the guys from Wicked Weed, who was essentially saying that this is nothing but infighting, and that we all need to come together because our market share as a as a whole is being taken away from wine and and um, and liquor. So I don't understand why we need to come up with this label when, you know, we're just basically just starting our own civil war and, and giving wine and, and spirits, you know, a free pass to just take over our, our market share. But in in a way, in looking at, at some of the comments, it kind of, it, it the label to me doesn't have a bearing on the beer itself. Uh, but it seems like from the comments that to those that have been acquired by ABI that, the label seems to indicate that, you know, from the old Ford term, quality is job one. I mean, is is that the case? I mean, I guess when, when, if you see a beer that has this label on it, what what is that going to make you think?
2: Well, let, let's, let's start with one of our guests. You know, obviously, as a craft brewer, an independent brewer, you know, this, this – technically affects you because you are, whether you like it or not, on the side of non-ABI. Correct. Um, but you seem more of a business person than a brewer. And I don't know if that's the way that I've gathered from you or like I, I, I feel like, you know, to you, quality quality is more important than the person that makes
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I think that, you know, we talked about earlier about having a nice selection of the, of the beers and, and so forth. Um, that, to me, is more important so that you, you have the ability to have, you know, your, your customer satisfied, your, your patron satisfied, um, that they found something that resonates with them. And they look to you for the quality in that and the repeatability of that. Mm-hmm. If you can't deliver that to them, they're going to go someplace else. Well, and you you want to talk about repeatability? One of the most like repeatable
2: beers out there that tastes the same no matter where you drink it, how often you drink it That's is right. Bud Light, Budweiser, <laughs> Bud Light. You know wh- whether that you too. like the taste or not, it tastes the same no matter where you Absolutely. get it. Right? It it's 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 one of those things to where okay, so they they have the that factor and that that's the thing that we as uh you know beer drinkers talk about we talk about last year's batch batch 1 batch 2 batch 3 uh 4 years ago it was much better than it is now you know we talk about that that's a huge thing with Oberon every year
0: but on, mm-hmm. on the other end we talk about you know the people that that craft brewers are the most disloyal drink beer drinkers Oh, hell that, yeah that, they are because we're off we were like okay we've had this it's just like all right been there done that i need to yeah, add something i need to put something new and untap
2: I'm I'm gonna say something and it's gonna potentially offend the guests to the left of me.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I'm getting I'm
2: getting excited now. <laughs> See, so your your business plan itself <laughs> provides that disloyalty, and it's not for a lack of disloyalty to where you're trying to be. You know, we we say it with such a negative connotation that it's so rude, but the fact that you go to a brewery. And then you go there for half hour, 45 minutes an hour, and then you go to another one, and then you go to another one and then you go to another one. And while you're providing a service to where you're bringing people to that brewery and they appreciate it because they're seeing this you know, one hour worth of 30, 40, 50 people, again, you know we, 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 I just talked about it when I went to Malt Row. I went to a brewery. I had two or three you know, small little samples, and then I went to the next one. You know I, I damn well admit that I'm disloyal as all hell. I'm loyal to the beers that I like. I'm loyal to the beers that I always know I have in my refrigerator, but again, I'm going to just like 99% of craft beer brewers out there. You know, you, we we were talking about dark horse, I believe, off the air. We were talking about all these beers. You're gonna be more inclined to drink a beer you never had before than you are to drink a beer you've had if that falls within your your want. Like, I'm not going to drink an IPA that I've never had before I drink uh, Shorts <laughs> Bel Air Brown. No, that's not going to happen. But I'm going to drink sure. an Amber that I've never had. So it, it, it's it's something to where you're, you're providing the service of, like, to these disloyal fans because they don't want to go to one brewery. They want to go to five. Do you not feel the same? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, which is, is fine. Oh, I'm not
3: worried at all. So, oh, my God, where do I start? I'm, like, all bottled up now. (laughs) The beginning? Listen to all this, right? I'm so bottled up. So I've been researching this a lot lately, and uh, actually, Paul and I, on our next uh, Two Beers In podcast that comes out next week, check that out at MotorCityBrewTours.com. Anyway, uh, we'll have a whole show about selling out to big beer, which is almost independent on this conversation to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. It's more of, uh, you know, what do you want to drink? So as a beer drinker, I like everything, but there's times where I say, you know, so why did I get into this business? So I started this business because I want to support local breweries in what they do, and I want to see them through their trials and tribulations uh, get better and do great things in the local community that they serve. And I would say that there's a, a huge percentage of craft beer drinkers that that's how they look at it, Right. They they want to go into local communities and learn about things and try new things and get to support them in that way. Um, Now we also live in this much larger what I there's a term I found this term somewhere it's called rotation nation. You ever heard that term said before? No. So it's what we were just talking about, which is that as craft beer drinkers we're constantly, like, trying something new and then moving on to the next thing, and then we're not being very brand or brewery loyal because we're always moving to the new cool things, and, like, Mm -hmm. eventually people will decide that uh, M43 isn't like the bomb anymore, and they'll move on and then they won't care about Old Nation, which is wrong, in my mind, right? But there are people that are now programmed into that because we're constantly rotating so much variety in front of consumers that they don't know where to stop anymore. So... uh, That is where a lot of beer consumers are. There's beer consumers that are like that, and then there's beer consumers that are new to craft beer that drank Bud Light all their life, and then now someone put an Oberon in front of them and they decided they like that. And then that's their gateway beer into that. And then maybe they just drink a lot of Bells now because that's what they got put in front of and they were very programmed to drink the same beer for so many years and they found this new cool thing and -hmm. they did that. So as we've diversified craft beer, there's lots of different ways to really answer this question. So as a tour operator, I'm excited to meet people from all those geographies and be like Switzerland,
0: <laughs> right? What's Switzerland? I love Switzerland? Being, I love, love being like Switzerland because Switzerland is neutral as fuck.
3: That's right, man. They're neutral. <laughs> hey, I'm neutral, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's unless it's like Waldorf Brewery or something. Oh no! Like that, right, right, right. Yeah. right, right. But, but, but yeah, you, right. So my point is, as a tour operator, I need to be neutral and bring all these different experiences to people. So like. You know, I get asked so often, like, what's your favorite beer? What's your favorite brewery? And I'm like, you know what my favorite beer is right now? What's my favorite beer? And
0: right now, apparently, it's Boss
3: Tweed. It's Boss Tweed because I'm holding up that can, and that's what's <laughs> in the cup in front of me, right? And if you would have asked me that an hour ago, I'd be like, I don't know. i never had that beer before. It's Dragon Slayer. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, it was Dragon, Dragon Slayer. Yeah, exactly. Like, like 30 minutes ago, it was Dragon Slayer. My yeah. favorite
0: beer is the beer I'm drinking right now.
3: That's right. And
0: <laughs> my next be... favorite beer is a free one, and <laughs> but, then my third favorite
2: beer is my next one.
3: Right, <laughs> but okay, so. So that gets you into the mind of, like, customers I see and, like, just beer consumers in general and and how I kind of bucket them. None of that answers the AB InBev selling out question, though, does it? Well, I, I,
2: again, in, in regards to that, and I think we could definitely have an entire show simply
3: based on that oh. one video that came out. <laughs> I need to um, see the video. The video's awesome. And uh, those comments, sorry, I just cut Go you off. Go for it, but like, yeah. Those, those comments, like, I had a hard time watching the video because it seemed like the bosses at the high end said, you guys need to make a video and you need to show how you're in support of what we're doing and how uh, craft beers being kind of jerks to a certain degree... I, I
2: think the, the direction was there, but I think they wanted to be there in the sense to where they wanted to stand
0: up for their craft and their, their beer. And, I mean, on the other end, I mean, I mean, for them to be saying, you know, if they were saying the craft beer being jerks, I mean, um, I'm sorry. Who fired the shot of, yeah, we don't make beer for, for sissies and make, you know— pumpkin peach stop stop hold on
2: hold, so there, on, hold on no 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 point, point, right? no 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 i'm i'm so i'm a, a whole, oh, cut cutting oh, cut oh, you I'm off cutting you off
1: Cutting you off no 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 no
2: i had that, that was a budweiser commercial yes it was not an anheuser busch commercial a budweiser commercial <laughs> So what you're stating is, is that a Diet Pepsi commercial is an anti-Pepsi commercial, which is not true. Oh, my God. I, I will to, fight I, tooth and
0: nail for that. I you know. know Dan, I, I feel I, like no, you did that on no, purpose. I did that on purpose. Like, I had I to throw that out there just because, you know, there's always that one person who's going to say, well, well, Bud, Bud Lighter, Bud did this. They did this. And, and, and the shot's fired. So, you know. That's. You, you, you can go on with your, I, I got no, okay. what I needed to.
3: <laughs> are all those brewers bad people that are in that video? No. no totally not. No. Did, they, did they all build awesome breweries with awesome beers in the markets that they serve? Of course they did. That's why they had and a payday. They, yeah, mm-hmm. and they all got paid. And you know what? If someone rolled up and bought Motor City Brew Tours, after I peeled myself off the ground being surprised by that, I probably would take that big fat check and do whatever right i get that it's we're all in a business so that being said you have to decide what you care about in craft so what i care about in craft beer is different than what big beer cares about it is so there's a sub there's a set of people that care about their local community brewery and that's what they want to support And if there's another way, if my local community brewery also distributes some beer in the local marketplace and there's a way that I could put an insignia on that six pack that called that out in a better way to a consumer that maybe didn't know otherwise that they're a great local community partner unlike someone who is much larger and different. Like if you put Michigan made, Michigan only go. on so, your so think about, <laughs> six pack. So think about like all these uh, local food products that call out made in Michigan or you're in uh, a better uh, grocery store or even Kroger Meyer where they say made in Michigan products and they just mm-hmm. call it out. Does that talk about the quality level? It doesn't.
0: No. It just tells you. What it, just say. it just says where, where, where it's made. From. That's right.
3: it. So if you're someone who cares about where your product comes from then that matters to you when you look at it. So if I go into uh, a market that I'm not familiar with, another part of the states, uh, another part of the U.S., uh, and I see a product and it has that logo on it, I realize, okay, so I never heard of this before, but I realize that they're they're independently owned. I think that's the one I'm going to try because that's what I care about as a consumer. Then that matters, and that's a great program. Then for that, and we could get so caught up in this minutia on both sides, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, well but I, that I is, agree. That is, and I, that I, I is think, their point for doing it.
2: I, I I think the big thing too is is that one they are still part of the communities that they're in. Two, they right. still promote jobs, money, taxes into those communities that a lot of people forget about. So it's it's different, and as as we're kind of winding down. You know, one of the things, and, and and you had mentioned it. You mentioned having these beers that are for everybody's tastes, mm-hmm. and you're not talking every craft beer fan's taste because you're talking the Nautical Mile, you're talking PBR Heaven, you're talking light loggers. You go to Waves, you go to any of these other restaurants. You know, they ain't selling craft beer. They're selling they're selling the light loggers, and that's why you're doing your pale ale. You're doing right. your your pills, right? Was yep. it a pills or okay? Yep. You're you're doing your pills because as much as Oberon. Is that that craft beer entry for a lot of people? That's what you're going to use mm-hmm. to get those people. Okay, I want something that's like a Bud Light or a Budweiser. Having that pills, and that's why pills is a huge like making this huge comeback in the market oh, right yeah. now. Totally, mm-hmm. agree. because everybody didn't realize is that you can't just throw a fruity beer in front and then be like, oh hey, here's an IPA. Yeah. No, you need something a little hoppy. You need something that's not that's right. bitter but hoppy. Right, and that that Czech pills that yeah. uh, it's a Czech style pills. I heard that. Right, yep. yeah, that, that check style pills is going to allow them to get into the brewery, try something, and be like, you know what? I love this beer. Now I'm going to try something else, and that's mm-hmm. that's what Sellermans did too. Sellermans is in a blue collar city, Hazel Park, mm-hmm. and they have the the Thrasher or Thrasher, one of the two. I think it's Thrasher. I think it's Thrasher too, but I, I always mm-hmm. mix it up. Um, <laughs> Do you but, know
3: where that name comes from?
2: I don't. They might have told uh, Dominic. Might have told me when he. Came in. Do you know?
3: I do know. You know? Skateboarding sold Thrasher magazine. Gotcha. Yeah. There you go. That that makes sense for Sellerman's. They still exist today, and if you were in the cool people crowd of skaters back in the day, you would say Thrasher. Were you you wearing your Jinco jeans? Well, you know what? Okay, so there was a much larger magazine called Transworld Skateboarding, and they were more of the corporate magazine, and Thrasher was more of the cool punk rocker. Thrasher was cool. the craft yeah. magazine. So, so, so it's the same exact discussion. Oh, look at me pulling that in, right? Yes. So, like, if you're really with the cool kids, you would have said, I'm down with Thrasher. Right. And, like, if I was in and I wanted to sell out, like all those guys like freaking Wicked Weed did, <laughs> then you would have been Transworld Skateboarding Magazine. What's up?
0: Okay. Uh, there we go. Busy. I was too busy putting quarters in Skater Dye. <laughs> <laughs> all,
3: all, all, all I hear is, is that
2: I liked Green Day before they, they oh. made uh, Nimrod oh, or oh, Dookie. No. Oh, nice. no, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> that, that's all I heard on that conversation. <laughs> I have
3: a Green... Oh, I won't do it. I, no, no. A I Green got, Day fact? I, I have a Green Day story. <laughs> Well, we're going to run out of time. Yeah, so. I think we're going to run yeah, out right. of time. <laughs> As we got four minutes, we're winding down. So
2: Shipwreck ruin. they can find you on Facebook.
1: Yep. Um, where are you actually going to physically be located? Physical location is 24409 Jefferson Avenue, directly across from Jefferson Beach and St. Clair Shores on the nautical mile. So that would be, hold on, 2449, so that's minus 519. 24409.
2: Two so, zero zero nine. so that's between 9 and 10 mile, that's right? correct. See? Do you, you know how to do the uh, the addresses right, for Macomb County? Oh yeah, yeah. See, so you can. Fi- did Did you know that? No, I uh,
3: just learned something. I'll,
2: I'll I'll teach you after. You can find out any <laughs> main road address in Macomb County based on uh, what the address is. Anything that goes north south.
3: I grew up in Macomb County. I did not know that. Uh, okay. Uh, so they can find you. Are
2: you on Twitter or anything like that? Not on Twitter yet, but we. Um... Our, our, but you're on Facebook. Facebook. We're on Facebook. You're on Facebook. Instagram, Untapped, anything? You're getting ready, obviously, to we get... We will be on Instagram real soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're going to have a full menu there, too, right? Yes, we are. Uh, what's What's going to be your number one seller? What are you What uh, are you trying to get everyone? So you well, want to get a beer and what? We'll
1: have pizza. Pizza? Uh, we're going to have lots of apps. Uh, it's very heavy app menu, so a lot of appetizers. Uh, so kind of like a tapas. Yep. Um, hamburger, cheeseburger, shrimp. Um, daily specials, all the good stuff.
2: You guys going to be trying to catch anything in the uh, the water to bring uh, live or trying to get anything? Li- no. No, okay.
1: Lake to table. Is that what you're going for? Lake to table. Well, there's a lot of restaurants <laughs> that do fresh, <laughs> there's uh, some fresh, that, fresh, but fresh but uh, cut. It won't be happening. Yeah. Are you going
3: to call them appetizers? Don't call them shareables. No. Don't really use shareable. that term. You, you don't like shareable? What
2: about
1: tapas?
3: Tapas, small plates. No.
0: No? It's right. an appetizer. Right, that's right.
3: Old e- school, like that. E- so
0: that was, oh, we don't do Bagger Daves around here. No Bagger
2: Daves. <laughs> <laughs> not Bagger Daves, but you could always go to Brown Iron Brewhouse. There over we go. In, I was uh, waiting to Town that. township. I was like, if he's not going to do it, I will. Uh, uh, to uh, it that's
0: there. a sponsor. 26 that? miles. That's 26 Van Mile.
2: Van Dyke. Go check them out. Huge draft list, like 70 plus. 60, 60 plus taps. 60 plus. And
3: they're brewing their own beer now. And they're brewing
2: they're their, their own beer. beer, so they always have that's a couple a of their own beers. Um, I always like they're going to be uh, in a couple months their Oktoberfest where they're going to have a lot of Marzins on draft, uh, which is always a, uh, a fun thing to go.
0: Did I, did I see something about a cake
2: pop and beer? Pairing? Yeah, cake pop and beer pairing that they're having soon, as well as I don't know if it was there. But I remember Angela sent me a photo and it was a Superman ice cream cheesecake. And it looked like the most oh. disgusting thing in the world.
0: I'm taking Uber. I'm taking Uber.
2: <laughs> yes, Uber does go out there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, our guests, for coming out, staying the whole thank time. You, I appreciate
3: it. You didn't even know you were staying until 6.55. I just 55. thought I was looking at the soundboard for five minutes. <laughs> but I got a bunch of awesome beer. I want to thank everybody. Check out MotorCityBrewTours.com or at MotorCityBrewTours on Facebook and Instagram. Learn all about the stuff I do. And listen soon. For the, what did I call it? Beer Tour Guy. Beer Tour Guy. Show. Yep. It's going to be betterondraft.com. It's going to be You can see it at Better on Draft. Go these get that awesome book. Gentlemen. Yeah, go get the book. Go get that book. Uh,
2: don't forget to check out uh, us on Facebook, Better on Draft, Twitter, Better on Draft, Untapped Better on Draft Pod, uh, Instagram is Better on Draft. Uh, I think we're going to be doing Snapchat soon, all that fun stuff. Uh, Don't forget, please like us, follow us on iTunes, share it, rate it, give us five stars, even if we're your number 45 beer blog radio show about Michigan beers. I don't know if there's 45.
0: Behind me and cross-stitching.
2: Behind, yeah, (laughs) the the cross-stitching. you got
0: to be in the top
2: 25 at least. (laughs) We're we're, we're definitely, we're we're in the top 10 in the country. So uh, (laughs) that's going to do it for us here at the Better on Draft podcast. Don't forget to check us out, betterondraft.com. And no matter what you think of your beer, we think. It's better on draft. Have a good night. Peace.